All right. Let's start. See where it goes. <laughs> you took a big breath, like you were ready to like jump into character, and then you didn't. And then I kind of like, oh god, what am I doing? <laughs> you oh, took no. that big preparatory breath, and then didn't do anything with it. <laughs> yeah, uh, the okay, big let's breath do it together. In the intro. Yeah, three, okay. two, one. What is up, guys? Alex from Creates here. Welcome back to the Anacreates podcast. Today, we have Mr. Malcolm Cottle joining us once again. Malcolm, welcome to the podcast again. How are you doing? Man. Oh, man, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing really good. Today, yeah. I, I think we're going to talk about our favorite topic that, that seems to come into a lot of our conversations, <laughs> which is plugins. Yeah. <laughs> and frankly, it's, it's a lot of people's favorite thing to talk about because it's, you know, everybody can always seem to use more plugins. And mm -hmm. the question that I have today that I want to talk about is, uh, can you have too many plugins? Is there a point that you have too many of them that it's actually starting to weigh down your choices and weigh down what you're doing and weigh down your creative thinking? Um, you know, is there a point that that is actually uh, hindering your creativity rather than helping it? Um, you know, there's a bunch of different uh, types of plugins, obviously, so they all have different uh, purposes. And that's what I want to kind of talk about because to me, you know, they all serve different purposes in your creative workflow and in your, uh, what you're doing. So I think that this question is a bit murky in the fact that you can't put a number on how many plugins are too many plugins or how many aren't <laughs> because there's just so many options for this. So, um, that's what I kind of thought we could talk about today. And oh, no. one of the, the things I wanted to start out with is just let's be honest right up front. How many plugins do you have in your plugin list? <laughs> well, thankfully, you actually prepped me for this question, so I could actually look it up. I had to go into the plugin manager and really and like count them out. Um, <laughs> so, not including stock plugins that just come with a DAW, I use Logic Pro. So, not including mm -hmm. all the stock plugins, I have seventy-six plugins that I've added, and okay, semi-actively used. But yeah, it, it's it's not tremendous. Again, like. Just for, for reference, I'm kind of a hobbyist plus, I guess. I'm in that weird realm of like I'm not doing it professionally for other people, but I'm doing it I think more than just a basic hobbyist would. Um, and I do occasional work for like the odd person here and there. But uh, yeah, 76 is my current count for third-party plugins that I've added. All right. Okay. What's your so, What's your number, Chuck? <laughs> uh, you may have noticed, M Malcolm, that I did not add this to the show notes of our little thing here. <laughs> um, yeah, because I have a, a couple more than that. Um, I so I did. I couldn't count them all. <laughs> so I just went into the Pro Tools plugin uh, folder. Mm -hmm. First off, I went to the my iLock license thing, and my oh, iLock yeah. licenses, just the basic number of licenses I have, is 439. Dang. Then when Ooh. I went into the plugin folder, I have 846 wow. <laughs> plugins in the plugin yeah. folder. Yeah. So I couldn't separate out which ones were uh, default Pro Tools ones and which ones oh, weren't. Okay. So that does include all the stock plugins. It 
Yeah, it does. Mm. Because I, at that number, I was like, I can't count this. <laughs> I can't go through this. I feel like yeah. the, the counting your licenses, though, on iLog, that, that's a pretty appropriate number, though, that like of an indication of how many. I that's what I thought. You have. Yeah, I think that's Yeah, solid. that's a probably a better number to go by, which is 400 and 440. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, there's obviously some packages in there like Sound Toys has, you know, 8 20 or 15 plugins or something, but it's one kind of license for the bundle and like stuff like that. UAD and Waves too, like Waves, I mean Waves isn't even included in that because it's got oh. its own thing. Oh, true. Um, so it's not in iLock. Um, and like Pro Tools is, you know, obviously that's just you get a license for some of their additional plugins that I have. And mm. like there's some stuff like that. But so I would I'd take the iLock license number and up it by maybe 100. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, a, you know, and then there's free plugins that don't need licenses. And just, anyway, it's a, a big <laughs> A lot more than I realized when I went to count the numbers. <laughs> sure. Do you have uh, a lot of uh, plugin subscriptions? Do you have any of those these days for video or for, mm. for audio, really? I've avoided the subscription plugins almost entirely. Um, okay. I, I Man, I just have enough bills in my life, <laughs> and I hate it. Like, I hate bills. I really do. Yeah. I try to avoid them like the plague. So anytime I can just buy something outright, I'm going to do it. Honestly, that's and that's the biggest reason I've stuck with Logic Pro for my DAW. That's the biggest reason I'm still with Final Cut for um, my video editing is because you can just buy it, and it's yours. It's not this subscription yep. crap. That's why I really just can't get behind Adobe. Um, yep. That's why I haven't used any of the Slate stuff. Um I'm I, I'm just I'm old school I guess that way I want to just if you have a product tell me how much it is I'll give you the money you give me the product like I, right. I hate subscription stuff I not to say that there's no benefit for them from it and that other people can't benefit from it it's just not my style I just don't totally like it. Uh, yeah. whereas I know you do a lot of the subscription stuff these days eh. I have, yeah, I have a significant amount of the subscriptions. Like I have, obviously, Pro Tools is my is a big one. Um, oh yeah, Jeez. which I, sucks. But at the same time, as long as they keep updating it, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know what? It makes me money, so that's fine. And there's <laughs> the difference too. That is my income. My pure, my main income is Pro Tools and audio mm-hmm. work. Yours is video work. It's mm-hmm. different. You know, but I have yeah, I have Pro Tools and like uh, Plugin Alliance and Slate yep. and you know I don't know Adobe. Some, Adobe yeah I use Adobe as well. Um, everything the, I just trash talked you. Everything <laughs> you trash talked I use yeah exactly. <laughs> um, the thing with plugins and and the thing that I find is that it slowly adds up. And like I said, when I looked at my number and I was like, oh my god, how many of these do I have? I did not realize that. I've been collecting them for years mm-hmm. now. And a lot of them aren't subscription. And and even the subscription like Plugin Alliance, you buy the subscription and you get access to like 150 plugins. And you know, over the over I don't know how many years now from for of waves buying the $29 deals, I probably <laughs> have a hundred or so more uh, you know, waves plugins. You know, they get the gold bundle and you have you know, 70 plugins right there, you know, things like that. But it just, it adds up slowly, I find. And before you even realize it. You're not counting as you're going, you know. And like I said, like, this was the first time I even found a number of how many, Mm. like, third-party plugins I even have. This was the... 
in preparation for this podcast, that was the first time I ever even considered like, oh, maybe I should know this number. <laughs> totally. The reason that I thought this was interesting is what I think uh, is that is having a lot of plugins is not bad. Having plugins that you use is not a bad thing. If you use them, I use no. a lot of plugins. So having them is not a problem for me. Yeah. Um, I've looked at my subscriptions multiple times and gone, do I need them? And every single time I'm answering, yes, it's still worth it for the amount that I use in the bundle. It's still mm -hmm. worth it for me to keep subscribing than it is to either buy the one or two out that I use. I use too many of them and I use them too frequently that I'm like, I need this. Sure. Um, so I find that it's okay to have them, but my thought is that if you're buying plugins or acquiring plugins, uh, free or otherwise, there are tons of great free plugins as well. And companies give giveaways and all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. And, and that's, I love those as well. I'm a sucker for those. Yeah. I oh think man. Like there's some great stuff out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and if it's free, like shh, I'll try it, you know, try like, it. why not? Exactly. Yeah. Like there's always a, a new free amp sim that I just kind of come across mm -hmm. and if it's free, I'll just go ahead and grab it because you never know. Like it might just the the tone might just be right for that one project you happen to throw exactly it on or whatever. Or if you need some inspiration, you throw it on and you have something new and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, this is interesting. You you might not even end up using it, but it got your brain thinking about something yeah. else. So you that know, that happened in to me with um, Valhalla Massive, that reverb, like, super massive, a, super massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, it's a free reverb plugin, and oh my gosh, it's. You can That's do a phenomenal. lot with it. It's really it's, cool. Yeah. Make a fake drum room with it and make it sound huge. Like, yeah, there's, an, and I think I picked that one up from you. I think, uh, I think it was one of your YouTube videos. You had that one. I think on so. There. It was, I had it was a, like your favorite of, free plugins or something yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. like that one I, I snagged right away. Um, yeah, nothing wrong with, uh, with, uh, intentionally free plugins as opposed to cracked or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> otherwise acquired free plugins. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> The the thing that I find with plugins, and I'm I'm curious to your thoughts on this, but I find that if people just acquire plugins for the sake of acquiring plugins, whether that be buying, whether that be free plugins, whatever it is, um, mm. and it's I guess it's more about purchasing plugins than it is about getting free ones to try out and have fun with. But if you just acquire them for the sake of acquiring them, you can it can what it can do to your creativity and your, your work is actually make you lazier because if you're mm. struggling, instead of learning how to use the plugin or diving into a plugin to make it do what you need to do, because back in the day, you know, a piece of gear, you're, you're not, you don't just get free pieces of gear. Like that <laughs> costs money. Uh, and, and plugins are essentially pieces of gear in that way. So, mm you know, you would have to learn how to use it and you would not buy an 1176 and use it for one setting and put it just on vocals and that's it. You'd be like, okay, I just spent four grand on this compressor. <laughs> what else can I do with it? <laughs> right. And then you're paying for like the energy to turn oh. it on every time in the rack space to just house it. Right? Like it's, yeah, like, can you imagine? <laughs> oh my God. And the, you know, the, the thing that people don't think about in big studios too with gear is the air conditioning bill to yeah, keep that yeah. stuff. That, cool. That's what I meant by the energy, like not <laughs> right? only just plugging it in, but then like yeah. keeping the room cool and everything. Yeah. <laughs> every other part. Yeah. There's so much around it, but so you, you would buy that and you would learn how to use it. And I find that today there's so many people can get so much for cheap and for free that if they don't know what to do or they're not sure, they'll buy a plugin that 
they think will solve their problems. If they're not sure mm. about the vocal tone that they're going for, they'll buy the, uh, you know, the, the Howard Benson vocal plugin because they're like, oh, it's labeled vocals. It'll probably work for vocals. Mm. Or the, you know, I, I think JST has like, you know, the vocal plugins. And so you, yeah. you just grab that. Or if you're like, oh, I need something for drums, you'd get the CLA drum plugin and just, you know, if you're not sure what to do, that, makes you i think lazier because you don't really understand any of these plugins you start putting them on acquiring plugins and just flipping through presets because they all come with a million and ten presets and not actually learning how to use it so that's where i get concerned with too many plugins because you don't know how to use any of them (laughs) yeah no doubt man and to add to that too i think because there's so many educational platforms out there that teach you mm. how to do this, this, and that, a lot of people, um, I think, and I, I've personally felt um, susceptible to this. But like, if you see X producer doing, I don't know, vocal EQing with a certain plugin every single time, you kind of get it in your head that this plugin is part of the equation to get this sound. It's not about the moves they're doing; it's about the plugin they're using to make those moves, mm-hmm. and like. Honestly, this happened to me like even a couple of weeks ago. I was watching a video and like the fifteen thousand person was using Fab Filter uh, yep. to you know to EQ, and I was like, "Do I need this plugin? Like, is this the missing sauce? Like, because I feel right. like I'm making like the same moves and I'm using the same like formula and uh, or methodology, I should say, of mm-hmm. like boost this, cut this, whatever, whatever." And I'm not getting the same sound. Is is Fab Filter the thing that's missing, or is the SSL E channel that I have right. the wrong one? Ah, I should have gotten the G channel. Shoot, right. you know, like that kind of stuff. I think yeah. that's a big, um, and I think what that's a real sign of is just being susceptible to marketing too. Is that one hundred percent? How do you keep selling products? Well, one of the ways is that you market it the right way. You say that this is the key to the vocal sound. Like if you want the Howard Benson vocal channel sound. Here's a plugin that gives you the entire channel strip in the order that he would put it on or, totally. or this, this and that, you know, or CLA, you know, like CLA's name is slapped on every, you know, part of the mixing process totally. to try to convince you that this is the key to the CLA sound and not like his experience and in his technique and his approach and his methodology. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, I know where I've fallen victim to that. And I think there's a lot of people that uh, definitely uh, have that issue too, or, you know, you kind of get convinced by with your eyes, not with your ears, about what you're totally. seeing all the time. Like you're seeing the SSL channel every time. Well, which company's SSL channel are are they using? Are they using Waves or are they using SSL mm-hmm. or Slate or whatever? You know, um, and it becomes more about the specific product as opposed to the principle of using that product. Totally. I think that's and, the fear I have for most people. And then you know, thinking that like, oh, if I just get that one product and use that one preset bam, boom, I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? And and, and in all fairness, everyone's looking at trying to cut their workflow down, you know, curve Mm -hmm. their learning. Um, But sometimes I just don't think that's the answer. And and it's, it's easy to just pay money for another plugin and then mentally convince yourself. It's like, ha ha, done. That's, that's the magic <laughs> sauce. Now. That's yeah. what I've been missing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and I, I think you're, you're hundred percent right where you say that, um, you know, people are looking for ways to cut their workflow down and cut their, 
their time to get where they want to go down faster. And the easiest thing in their head is to use the plugin that's branded the way that they want to sound. So, mm-hmm. I mean, CLA has got a perfect example. His name's on everything. CLA drums, CLA bass, CLA vocals, CLA yeah. this, CLA that. And the funniest part is that it's all branded CLA. So if you are a fan of a CLA sound, you want every single one of them because you're like, oh, that's how I'm going to get CLA drum sounds. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, if you actually dig into how what he does behind the scenes, he uses an SSL he uses an SSL desk and desk, he uses yeah. like a, an 1176 and whatever. So you could get the CLA drum sound with the SSL channel. <laughs> And you yeah. can do the CLA vocal sound with the SSL channel. Like he, it's the same kind of thing. It's just programmed into this other plugin. And that's what mm-hmm. happens a lot with these newer plugins that aren't emulating other things and where they, they try and brand it that way, um, mm-hmm. which is, it fools you in a way. Um, <laughs> but the thing is too, is, is, you know, like you said, cutting down your, your time, the main way to cut down your time is to have the plugins that you use and the ones that you understand and really understanding them. So mm-hmm. I think I we've talked about this before, but almost everything I ever sent you <laughs> for a while where I was like, when you asked me questions about how do I mix this or how do I do this or whatever, all mm-hmm. of my examples were with an SSL channel. And the reason was yeah. because I was fast at using an SSL channel to get what I wanted. That's one of the main plugins that is on almost every channel on every mix. Same yeah. with the fab filter. That's, I use that thing just because it somehow came into my life, it worked at whatever, and mm-hmm. I just stick with it. I don't look for other EQs because I'm like, I know how to get what I want out of the SSL channel and the fab filter. They are, yeah. They're going to do basically almost everything that I need for a lot of stuff, you know? And, may, and maybe that's a, a counter argument to what uh, you're saying here, though, is that sometimes you do need to buy a lot of plugins, sift through a lot of different ones to find the one that like fits mm. you, you know, like it, um, that's an interesting point that like, you don't need 10 different EQ plugins. Totally. But maybe you need to go through 10 different EQ plugins to find the one that like is your magic sauce. And like for you, totally. you know, um, you've worked on an actual SSL. So of course mm-hmm. the SSL uh, channel strip is going to make perfect sense to you. You just have to find the brand that like makes the one that like fits your ears and fits your workflow. Totally. Um, but for someone much more visual, you know, they're going to try an SSL channel strip, but it's not a visual enough for them because they don't see like an analyzer that yeah. shows them the waveform or anything like that. So starting with something like the stock logic EQ, which does give you an analyzer and then moving to something like the fab filter is going to make so much more sense to them because totally. they just have to see it with their eyes a little bit. You know, they're trying mm. to use their ears, whatever, you know, that's um, <laughs> what everyone says. Yes, uh, but, but there's something yeah. about just <laughs> seeing that, you know, seeing that vector scope or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that shows you wh- how the audio is being affected by, by the moves you're making that is just more beneficial to them in the way they work. Totally. The, the thing that, that I'll counter that with is I, learned on an SSL. So an SSL makes sense. And I am in the position that, uh, that I, you know, have tried out a lot of different SSL channels, um, and partially to be able to help other people, partially because they come into my lap, partially (laughs) because I've been doing this for so many years that you get bored and want to try something else. And, you know, 
that's totally fair. But the thing that I don't like is when somebody tries to use the SSL and then goes, oh, maybe I should have had the G channel, not the E channel. Oh, maybe I need the plugin <laughs> alliance versus this one. And they use it three times and go, no, this isn't the right one. It's not doing what mm. the guy in the mm -hmm. tutorial said. I can tell you because I've used almost every SSL channel <laughs> plugin out there that they are all good. They're mm -hmm. all going to work and they're all going to do basically the same idea from an SSL. There are slight changes, yes, but for the average person making music, you can make great music with any of them. Yeah. You know, it, it, it really doesn't make that big of a difference. I've tried a ton of them because, you know, and I, I think I even told you at one point because you got the SSL channel from Waves. Mm -hmm. And then I had just uh, not long after that was using the SSL channel E from Plugin Alliance. And I'm like, dude, honestly, I used the Waves one for a ton of time. I used, I mm -hmm. used to use the UAD one on everything, and it's just I, I changed. I, it, there's nothing wrong with the with the one from with from Waves. I yeah. just happened to get the one from Plugin Alliance in the bundle and decided, oh, let me try this one now. Yeah. Would I go well, back to the Waves one tomorrow? Absolutely, it's fine. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? there's a great example too, where like I knew I wanted to move into the SSL channel style of eqing mm -hmm. and i had no idea i had to ask you i was like what do you use what would you recommend right. because like this is a, an area i want to get into and then i think i even asked you like chuck am i ready like am i ready to move to like ssl <laughs> totally. style like eqing and you were yeah. like if you feel ready you're ready try something like um and you said the way and i think what you said was waves is on sale it's great. I would go for it because it's 30 bucks right now. Yeah. And you can't go wrong with the e-channel. Just go for it. And I said, okay, great. Done. Did it. Totally. Exactly. And no regrets. Absolutely no regrets. I think right. I got that and the uh, the bus compressor as well at the same time because it was also on sale. And I was like, ha, let's do this. Also a phenomenal plug-in. I still use that thing on basically every mix. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so good. Um, <laughs> that, again, also comes from using the SSL console mm -hmm. with the SSL the compressor <laughs> in the middle. I'm just like, yeah, I know what I like. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think that's the thing with plugins. There's, there's a balance, man. Like you, you know, I, and I think if you're just really honest with yourself, you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Are you just buying another plugin because you're tight? Cause you feel like you're in a rut and you're not putting in the actual effort to learn the plugin or the style or the technique that of how to use the plugin. Yeah. Like, are, are you buying another one just because you need to change? Are you buying another one because you're kind of giving up? Or like, I think if you're just really honest with yourself, you know why you're buying another plugin. Totally. And if you catch yourself and are honest enough with yourself to, to kind of catch yourself and say like, Oh, I just want this because it's new and it's flashy and the people I know use it, but I don't actually know how this works. Yeah. Maybe it's not the thing to invest in right now. Maybe go back to basics because I think everyone says this now too, that like the, what comes with your DAW has everything you need to make great sounding music. hundred percent. You know, like those plugins, like yeah, maybe not, they're not always flashy. Maybe the UI isn't always like the best designed. Yeah. They, they will work. They will do what the, you need them to do. You don't need third party right. plugins. And I think that's the thing is um, if you're buying 30 third party plugins, I think you need to just set a bit of a criteria for yourself. Like, why am I buying this? And if it doesn't fit this like kind of criteria, then maybe don't do it. That's that's what I did for myself, and that was really more for expenses. And because right. I, I just love new things, I, they get me excited, and I want to <laughs> I try think, the new thing. I think we all find, things, fall so. into that. 
we yeah, all you know, fall like, into you that know, trap. I just want to try something new. I just yeah, want something new, new. New gear envy. You know, it's yeah. it's a thing. Uh, totally. So that's what I did a while ago. Is I just set some criteria for myself of like if if you're don't buy a new plugin if it doesn't fit this criteria. If right, it doesn't fit right, that criteria, right. it's probably a vanity plugin. It's probably something that won't improve your life, and you're just throwing money around. Move on. To- totally. And I think you're. I've made a video actually about that exact thing uh, with stock plugins. Mm, about mm-hmm. stock plugins are fine. You can use stock plugins, and they will get you somewhere. And actually, that's a great place to start. Um, yeah. Which, which going back to your other point, if somebody doesn't know what they want, if somebody doesn't know what they're looking for, if somebody doesn't know their workflow yet, if they're just getting in, start with the stock plugins and figure out what you don't like about the stock logic uh, EQ. Mm-hmm. Do you like that setup or don't you? Um, you know, what is it about it that you don't like? What is it that it's not doing? What are you, what are you looking for in the next plugin? Why would you buy FabFilter? Because it looks kind of the same thing. The Slate Infinity EQ looks kind of like the same thing. Why would you buy it? What's the point of buying it? So you have to think about that, but you have to have a starting point. You know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't know which SSL channel to buy until you bought one and tried it and used it and dug into it and really learned how it worked to then go, okay, the G channel does this, but I can tell based on now what I know and what I've researched and what I've asked questions to somebody who has all of the SSL channels, this guy, <laughs> um, what I'm lacking, what I think is lacking, and is the G channel from Plugin Alliance going to give that to me? And mm-hmm. that's how you're going to figure out. But but to know that, to really know that, you have to first dive into the plugin and learn it, not just pick a preset and go, oh, this doesn't do, it says acoustic guitars, but my acoustic guitars sound like crap. That That's not the plugin's fault. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. And, and, that's, and that's where this field is so difficult, too, yeah. because everything is interdependent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it it entirely depends how you mic'd up that like how you mic'd the source it depends on what you put it through it depends yeah. on this and depends on that and like i was listening to um, a recent episode of the the punk rock nba with uh, joey yep. sturgis um or joey sturgis was the guest and they were having a great conversation about when joey's first started selling um uh pod farm presets uh for yep. his amp sims and things like that and he made a really good point that um he got a little bit of uh feedback that they sounded like crap when people loaded them up and he had to put out a few statements that was like well yeah because in the context of the mix these will sound good but like if you solo everything no they're going to sound kind of crappy but like right. they're designed to fit in a certain type of mix that Absolutely. i do and fits my process you're going to have to tweak it to fit your mix like right it's going to sound like it doesn't have enough gain well for my productions i add a lot of extra gain onto bass so like and, and right. that's and that's just my point too is that everything is interdependent in music production like this depends on that depends on this like it's 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 like it's like coding if this then that you know what i yes. mean like everything is 100%. interdependent and so uh to so to support your point you know you can't just pull up the snare bomb preset or the, you know, fat snare preset or the, you know, glistening yep. acoustic guitar preset yep. and expect it to just sound great because you didn't change your strings when you recorded that acoustic guitar. You did, you weren't in the same big room that CLA was when he made that preset, whatever, whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And that's, that is the thing that people don't think about. And I think that's the unfortunate part because there are a lot of, tutorials that say use this preset and tweak this they don't explain why you're tweaking that they just tell Mm -hmm. you to choose the glistening acoustic and then turn up this and do this 
And if you don't realize why you don't Mm -hmm. understand why they're doing that in the context of what they're showing you so that you don't understand why you should change that differently in the context of what you're doing (laughs) because everything is so interdependent. And that's, that's one of the things that, that I, you know, I like presets for synths and stuff because synths are great. Mm -hmm. Um, You just pick, find something and tweak it from there. And people typically seem to know that that's the case or they just pick a preset and it's good enough. It it is what it is. But in the context of EQ and compression, it's so dependent on the the source Mm -hmm. and people don't think about that as much. And then that's where you get into this never ending loop of, well, this plugin didn't work, but it, Mm -hmm. well, it could, if you had spent five more minutes, 10 more minutes, half an hour learning it and learning how to use it on what you're trying to use it on. You know, and I think that's a good point because, like, picking presets for a synth is essentially just picking different source sounds as opposed mm-hmm. to mix sounds because exactly. you're still going to mix it differently after you pick that preset. Yep. So, I, I guess I would compare that more to like you know, picking print um, synth presets is almost like just like picking different drum samples, like, you're going to find the one that vibes with whatever you want to do but then you got to eq it into your mix you got to compress it in a way that it pops in your mix whatever whatever um i'll start the same way you know if i load up drum forge i'll click through the presets first um of the different kits of the different combinations of kits until i find something i'm like oh okay this is inspiring me like i like the way this is just naturally hitting and the attack and the tone or whatever and then i'll kind of go in and tweak it to something a little bit more like i like but then in the final mix yeah the eq's completely different it's all over the place totally. because like the the toms are in a frequency that aren't popping through the guitars when i want that big epic fill that i work so hard on to come through you know yeah um yeah. all those little things and i think that's the big difference is um when you're when you're using mixing plugins the preset yes. is not universal at all and not, it's all not interdependent um I think you can really only use a preset and then move on when when it's a, almost like a source material, like a yeah. source sound, like with a synth, with a drum loop, with a with drum samples or anything like that. But once you get to the mix, like you got to figure out what's going on, what else is going on, how are things piling totally. on top of each other? Because no two songs are exactly alike, where yeah. you can throw the exact same channel strip settings and presets on one song and completely copy them to the next song, and it'll work perfectly. Totally. It, it, you probably can't even do that within an album like yeah. you know because like just the arrangement will be different enough even if you did the exact same things like all the same guitars all the same di's all the same like everything everything was like all the source materials were the same one song to the next you will not be able to copy those settings over because the arrangement of the song or just the way the song is composed is going to be just different enough that the mix is just not going to work as a copy paste job exactly a hundred percent i've been in some of these master classes i i assisted um uh, Alan Parsons, when oh, he yeah, did yeah. this masterclass thing, he did this, had, you know, a bunch of people watching and asking questions and, mm-hmm. you know, you paid mm-hmm. to be there and whatever. And so many people were asking him, what mic did he use on this? And what EQ setting did he do there? And what did he do here? And, wow. and it was like, okay, you are not recording Pink Floyd in the <laughs> studio 40 years ago to do, you know, Dark Side of the Moon or whatever mm-hmm. album he was doing. Like, you are not there. The mics you have are not the same. You can't have access to this. And it, it wouldn't matter if it was that day or it, today. It doesn't doesn't matter. And Alan yeah. literally said that a couple times where he was like, uh, it doesn't really matter. I boosted top end to make it brighter. 
but mm. I don't know, maybe he was around 16 to 17 K possibly on his vocal because of the microphone. Like, and he said that and you could like people writing these numbers down and I'm like, do you not get that it's the concept, not the actual numbers? And they're yeah. kind of treating his, what he's saying, like a preset. And it's like, that's not going to work. Y- you have to figure out what you like to do and take the concepts of this, like yeah. boosting top end and maybe taking out some mud. So you take mm-hmm. the concept of, I'm looking for some mud in an acoustic guitar to take out so it's not as flabby in the mix. That's what you're looking for. Not mm-hmm. that it's 512 hertz. That doesn't matter. <laughs> for that situation, it was. For that but situation, maybe for yours, it it's more like 600. It's more like 400, whatever. And then, yeah. yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, I think that's really interesting because I think that what jumps out at me right away is that I get what they were going for, but I think they were asking the wrong questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I And, and I'm kind of like that too. I probably would ask like, wh- how did you EQ this? Like maybe that's your first question, but the real question that should lead to, that should be a preliminary question. Yeah. How did you EQ this? Okay, why did you make those moves? Is exactly. trying to get inside his head of like, like sure, if he tells you like, oh yeah, I boosted, you know, 12, 16K, uh, whatever, whatever. And you're like, okay, but why did you do that? Well, yeah. his voice, blah, 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 in the mix, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, it's always, yeah, it's it's a lot more about the why. And I think that's how you have to use plugins is yeah. they're a means to an end, I think, ultimately. Totally. And people treat the plugins and the presets and, and the execution of those plugins as sometimes the mean, as the ends. Totally. As opposed to the means to the ends. Is like, yeah. This plugin is supposed to do this, so you just turn this knob and it does that. It's like, right? Maybe if you're maybe. trying to get like you know a, a source sound, but not if you're trying to mix a song. Not if properly. you're, yeah, exactly. And and to be fair, and this is where I think part of the confusion comes in too. Alan Alan was great. He's a phenomenal educator. So mm-hmm. often he would he would say, "It doesn't matter what frequency it was. This was what I." tried to do this is what i was trying to accomplish and this is the cool. mentality behind what i did he would say that right he like he would answer the question with that because he knows that people don't fully understand and i i i madly respect that he knows mm-hmm. that they don't actually know what question they're supposed to ask exactly because they weren't there they you know it's it's tough um so he would just kind of answer it for them he'd jump ahead a step and answer the why for them unfortunately a lot of youtube people and educators on uh, in more modern scenarios don't they give you Mm. because they don't realize it they give you what they did and don't explain why they did it so now people have this in their mentality that Mm. that's the number that they have to do and this is the preset in in this plugin that they have to use and they need that plugin with that preset to be able to accomplish what they and that's not true at all especially mixing it i i hate that too like i hate when i'm watching like a mix rundown or something like that and they're just kind of throwing out numbers but not the why like yeah because they will they'll just kind of throw out oh i boosted this i cut that i set the ratio to this and whatever whatever and it's just like Okay, that's cool because it gives me some like targets to kind of go for. Right. Like, why? What about the mix? Like, required why? you yeah, to do exactly. this here and there, and and a lot of times the why or just like the um, the big picture is kind yeah. of missed. I think in the explanation, which yeah. leads a lot of students to think of it very procedurally. Oh, the procedure is 
when you're working with vocals, you boost top end and then you cut this and you exactly. boost that. And, and this is the formula because I think that's the thing is like, uh, when you're learning, you just want the, 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 the cheat code, the answer, yep. like the, the, the answer key at the end of the book, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that you just plug it in. And maybe that's a failing of our educational system as a whole too in yeah. public schools because we do somewhere to do standardized tests. The, yep. the um, classes that are emphasized the most tend to be like STEM classes, you know, yep. like science, technology, uh, engineering, and math. And all of those have very clear answers. There's very right or wrong answers. Yep. Um, and maybe that's a good reminder that mixing as much as it can be scientific is an art form in and of itself. And when you have an art and a science, the answer is not always clear. There's not always a right answer. It's a yep. subjective answer. And, um, you know, um, you had a review on one of my mixes recently and you said it was too mid heavy. And I was like, ah, oh, but I like that, you know? Right. Um, I was kind of like, I kind of want like a, a slightly more mid focused mix for this just because of the way I was writing the song. Totally. I didn't, I was kind of avoiding like core elements actually mm -hmm. in this song because I feel like I just rely on chugga, chug, chug. Too right. Often. <laughs> and yeah. because of that, my mix ended up being a little bit more mid heavy just based on the arrangement. And that's okay. You know, totally. sometimes that's okay. And I don't know. It, mi mixing is tough though, because it, it's, it's a, it's a real combination of science and art. Yes. And I think, um, there's a tendency to try to push the science a little heavier with like clear answers, clear cut, like yeah. do this, don't do this as opposed to the art of like, feel it out. What feels yeah. right. Exactly. Where, where's the vibe, man? <laughs> oh, totally. Well, you know that I, that fluffy, I mean, silly thing that artists do. <laughs> being creative and finding the vibe. Yeah, yeah. get the real thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but but you're right. You know, I do this with my mixed feedback that I give, uh, which you can find at anacreates.ca. Shameless plug. Um, Ooh, go check yeah. it out. But, um, you know, I, and I've done this for you and I've done this for, for a ton of different people. And I always try and say in at some point during the feedback and at some point, like I, I have a disclaimer for that exact reason <laughs> that says everything you're going to say, take it as you will, because mm -hmm. this is my opinion, but it's the only way I can deliver this is my opinion. I can't tell you what's right and wrong, but I can tell you what I'm hearing. And if you like what I think, then you'll appreciate this or you'll find, you'll think about it. And mm -hmm. like you said, in, in one of the, one of the feedbacks I just gave you actually, where I said, you know, I think this should be changed. And you came back and said, uh, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I don't agree. And mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what, frankly, that's just as good as you agreeing with me because now you're, you know, because yeah. you're, you felt it in yourself. You're like, okay, I see what he's saying, but I'm firm on this, my choice. Mm -hmm. And that's good. That's just as good because you're, you're actually solid on that choice. Um, yeah, and you can it, it, say it, that's a choice that you made. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? I, I think it was actually an arrangement choice. Um, that one was, mixing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was exactly like that. Like it was, one but of it's those the same thing. It, it still you gave me that. Yeah. You gave me that feedback and I was like, no, I don't agree. Like I mm -hmm. like this. And like, I think this part is solid. I think I just need to contextualize it a little better so that totally. he can understand why this is solid. I think the idea is solid. I think what's around it maybe just needs to be reinforced so that that idea comes through. And I think actually in the follow-up, you wrote me back and you're like, okay, I changed my mind. I agree. I really do <laughs> exactly. like this and you should and keep it. It. <laughs> it fixed it. It worked. And, and that's the thing is you saw what it was that I had heard and you're like, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So I like the idea. I'm going to stick with the idea. I'm not going to change it the way he said, but it does bring up some points that maybe I should contextualize it better and change mm -hmm. it for that reason. And, you know, um, 
it, but that's the same thing. And that one was a, a it was a arrangement thing, but it's the same idea with, oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. with mixing and everything is it's all within context and it's all within your own creative endeavor, which is why presets don't work for anything to, to <laughs> put that there. Um, just, yeah. I was, I was going to say, I was like, we're a little off base. We're a little like, off, how many plugins do you need? But I like where this discussion is going. Like, I love where that went. I love that. Um, but I do want to, I do want to bring it back in here. Um, and so that if for fear of making this a three hour podcast, cause man, this can go, this is a whole other, uh, episode, but, um, <laughs> what I want to kind of, uh, bring this back to is you talked about, uh, and we've talked about this before, but you talked about kind of having a criteria for new plugins. And mm, I love this idea because like we said, there's no, the, it's not bad to get more plugins. And if you have a reason for getting a new plugin, that is then it's good. But if you just are buying plugins to buy plugins, that's when you run into this whole problem of just finding it because somebody said to get it for this preset and all this, like what we just mm-hmm. talked about. But if you have a reason to get it, if there's something that it meets a criteria of why are you getting this, if you can actually clearly define that, or if you're looking for a plugin to clearly fill some sort of role, um, then that also works as well. Cause I've done that many times where I'm like, I need something that does this. Is there something out there that does this, that I could yeah. speed up my workflow or whatever. So mm-hmm. I want to hear what you, um, cause you've talked about this before. What is your kind of criteria and what do you think about when you are looking at a new plugin, whether you should buy it, whether you shouldn't buy it, whether you need it, whether you don't, what's your, what's your kind of outlook and criteria for that? Sure. Yeah. So the first question I ask myself is, do I already have a plugin that does this and can do this? Um, is it like a redundancy to buy another plugin that does this, like EQ or compression or anything like that? Um, that's generally the first question I ask myself. Again, to try to not fall into that trap of, um, oh, if I just buy a different EQ plugin, suddenly my EQing will advance. Like right. that's not the same as as educating myself as you know, bettering my knowledge in the fundamentals of, of how to equalize something. Right. Um, so that's kind of the first question I asked right off the bat. If, if I get that, that little inkling and that little spark of just like, Ooh, I should buy that. Um, (laughs) the first question I asked right off the bat is, okay, but do I have a plugin already that does this or not? Um, so if the, if, if if the answer is yes, then it's kind of like one of those like trees that maps of just like, is it this or this? Well then this or this, you know? Uh, so (laughs) it kind of starts, my my thought process always starts there is do I already have something that does this? If the answer is no, that's you know, okay, then maybe this is a worthwhile plugging investing in because it it's gonna do something that I can't do otherwise. Right. If the answer is yes, the question becomes, okay, will this speed up my workflow or does this do something better than the way I'm already doing it? So like one good example of that was um I've I, I bought uh Vocal Align from Synchro yep. Arts uh, fairly recently, like a few months ago. And I put off buying that for a long time because in my mind, I was like, okay, but I can manual, manually edit everything myself. Like I can do that. I can use flex time and I can just cut and nudge. Um, I can align vocals manually. So do I really need to spend the $100, $125 to get this plugin? Right. Um, no. And the answer was no for a long time. And then finally I came to a point where I was like, okay, can it can the can the new plugin do something I can already do on my own? Yes, but will the plugin speed up my workflow so that I'm less tired and I'm not doing as much minutia while I'm like editing or mixing? 
And oh my God, let me tell you, purchasing Vocaline, the answer was, oh my God, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. I like, I think I called you like after my first session where I just went through and aligned a bunch of vocals. I was like, oh my God, Chuck, what have I been doing with my life? <laughs> Why did you not tell me to get this sooner? Uh, Malcolm, I did tell you to get this sooner. <laughs> yeah, I edited two, like four slash five song EPs full of like vocal layers for days and I edited them all manually with a magic mouse and I honestly and I just, still have a wrist left. <laughs> well, you know, then I yeah invested in the Kensington, which is also is it, which was also a huge upgrade. And again, yeah. there's another example of like I had a mouse. A mouse works. Why would I totally. upgrade? Well, this this new mouse is not going to give me arthritis as fast. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of worth it. Good. <laughs> yeah, which is real good. Um, so yeah, there's a great example of you know I put off buying a plugin for a long time, but then finally I realized that purchasing this plugin was going to save me literally hours in editing. Right. Um, and it sounded better than my manual edits for the most part, like with my manual edits, like they were close, but they weren't perfect. Whereas this plugin actually made them perfect. Um, right. so that was a huge, a huge win. That's the second question. Uh, the third kind of question I generally ask myself is, will like this one plugin save my workflow because it's three plugins in one, for example, like, and actually for me, the Howard Benson, uh, vocal plugin did that for me when I got it, it really speed sped up my workflow. Cause I didn't have to add four different plugins. It was totally. all in one. So it saved me CPU, which ultimately uh, helps my workflow go faster because it's not as many plugins. Yep. Um, and they have this great, uh, input, uh, automated input, uh, monitor. So you just like double click it it actually listens to your vocal and it actually programs the plugin to your vocal in terms of what the input level should be. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yep. Saves a lot of time, you know, saves yep. a lot of time and a lot of guessing work. And it's still tailored to the track too, which is nice. Like it's right. not just a preset. It actually listens and intelligently decides, um, an algorithm that will fit the vocal. So yeah, it's a lot of just kind of that, you know, it's like, do I, do I already have this plugin? If not, then um, will it speed up my workflow? Will it better my life? And then sometimes the question is, do I just want it because I need a boost? You know, that's totally. kind of the third question I do ask myself is, do I just need a creative boost? Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes just loading up a new plugin that does something I've already been doing, but it's just a little bit makes me feel a little bit more professional, like the SSL. Yep. Yep. You know, like I had an EQ plugin that worked fine. I was kind of ready for that boost, you know, to take away that visual, like visualization element and really focus on just the numbers and my ears and things like that. I totally. think um, investing in a plugin sometimes to just boost your creativity and just inspire you a little bit more goes a long way. Um, I have that just with writing too. Like, you know, I buy a new symbol, even if it's, you know, just a little splash symbol or a little, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, uh, effect symbol. Totally. Just sparks some creativity. I'll just change my drums around in terms of the configuration just to inspire some creativity. I'll pick up the first my first guitar, which I don't use very much, but just pick that up and your fingers just do something kind of different because they're totally. back in that in that zone. And I think that's the third question that I always ask myself with buying plugins. Is this going to inspire me? Is watching yep. the promo videos and the other people doing it, is it just getting me excited to try something? In yep. which case, that's worth a lot. In, in and of itself, you know, even if it's a little yeah, expensive totally. to just get a little jolt of creativity and just get a little inspired, I think is a really good sign. Um, the last question I asked myself too, which I think is a good one. And I've just <laughs> thought of this now is do I have something to use this plugin on right away? Right. 
Because if I don't, it's I'll forget about it. I'll, I'll load it up and I'll be like all inspired. But if I don't have anything to put it on right away, yep. like a session to pull up and immediately throw that plug in on, I will forget about it. And, yep. and then like years will go by and I'm like, oh, yeah, I bought this plug in for $50 <laughs> and literally totally. never used it. Yeah. Because I, I also fall into that habit, too, of when a client comes to me for a video and they say they want something. And I'm thinking to myself in the back of my head, it's like, oh, I don't have that equipment to pull that off or I don't have like that plug in to be able to do that effect that they want in post. Um, I should probably go ahead and just like get that so that I'm ready because like, oh, it'll pay for itself because they'll pay right. for it basically in, in this client and then someone else will want to use it too. And I've run into a couple of times where like I didn't end up picking them up as a client. They didn't end up going through with it because right. whatever, whatever. But I went ahead and kind of jumped oh, the gun no. and bought right. something to, to do for their project. <laughs> to do the job that you didn't get. To yeah. do the job I didn't get. And then I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'll use it eventually. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> totally. Uh, but you could do that, I think, with plugins too. Like you have a band that comes to you and they say they want this sound. And you're like, oh, shoot, then I need. Yep the distressor emulator plugin or I don't know, whatever, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you just need some sort of thing to do that project. So I always try to make sure that whatever I'm buying, I have already secured something to use it on right away, because that's yeah. going to also feed into your inspiration. It's going to help you just kind of get a little bit more mov motivated and it's going to give you the experience to know if it's going to do the thing you need it to do. Yeah. Um, like right away. So yeah, th th that's that's Malcolm's tips for investing in plugins or not. I agree with that because if you, uh, you know, the the big one at the end is the reason why. Why am I buying this plugin? Um, is kind of the overarching thing. Is there's got to be a reason, not just because it's flashy and the ad mm -hmm. looks really good. It's <laughs> there's got to be a reason. It's a good ad, but is this going to inspire me? Is this going to speed up my workflow? Is this going to do something for me? Um, and do I have something to use it on? Because you're absolutely right. And I've done the same thing where I buy something thinking, oh, that's going to be amazing. And I don't use it. But if I have something that I literally buy it to use it, then I will probably actually get into the habit of using it <laughs> because it's yeah. ingrained in me right away. And yeah. the, the thing that I do a lot too is if I have a plugin that I'm looking at that I'm like, this looks really good. I think this will inspire me. This is interesting. I, I look at it and say, is it on sale? Yeah. If it's on sale, okay, fine. Maybe I'll pick it up and kind of try and remember it. If it's not, then I'm not going to buy it with no purpose in mind yet mm. when it's not mm. on sale. That doesn't make any sense. I'm gonna, if I'm going to buy it outright, <laughs> I need a purpose for it yeah. or it's got to be on sale. <laughs> And I will say the biggest piece of advice I can give to anyone is that a plugin will always eventually go on sale. Most of them. There are the, I don't think them. there's many plugins that there never are not many. go on sale. Valhalla is one that does never never goes on sale. And Massey. Both of those never go on sale. Fair enough. I don't think any other plugin I've purchased though, I didn't <laughs> I, that I've paid full point. price. I don't think so. I don't think I've ever bought a plugin at yeah. full price. Um, whether it's, they were on sale or I bought something else at one point. So I got a discount code or they're just yep. running a general like store discount. I don't think I've ever paid like full price for a plugin. I've always waited for the sale or waited for the discount code to come through, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Never pay full price for a plugin. Like just wait, something will do, come up. Do your best to wait. I, I mean, I've yeah. been in the situation where I have had to buy a plugins full price, because it's mm -hmm. like, I need this for a client, but it's at the same time, it's the same kind of thing as you're 
you were talking about. There's a reason because I need it right now. Yeah. And, and it's going to pay, get it, paid basically. for because yeah. it's for this job. And I think that's partially how I have so many plugins, although luckily most of them <laughs> are on sale. But I do because I do a lot of mix prepping and dealing mm-hmm. with sessions. It's like, oh, you know what? I know this person's going to use this plugin all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I might as well get this bundle of the APIs, even though I don't really need them, but I know they're going to be on every session I get from this client and there's probably going to be a number of them and they're, they already just sent me three. So it's going to pay for itself right now. So done. <laughs> oh, it's on well, sale you- for $29 cause it's waves. Oh, great. <laughs> you know? Well, um, and you make a good point too. Like if you're collaborating consistently with other people, yeah. having the same suite of plugins does help a lot. Like hundred percent. You know, when you give me a video mix review and you show some like tweaks that you're making, if I have the same plugin, then it's very, then it's, it, it does make sense for me to just copy your settings over because you're working on my session. Right. Um, or like I think recently, like Drumforge released the Savior kit. Yep. And like you mentioned you were getting it. I was like, okay, well, then I'll just get it on the pre <laughs> again on yeah, pre sale. Like pre-sale. we didn't pay full price. Nope. But I was like, well, if you have it, I might as well have it. Cause then if I program drums, I can program them in Drumford Savior and yep. just send you the MIDI and the, um, and the preset, uh, yep. you know, and, and then we're in business. We're good to go. So there, there is something to be said for that too. We're mm-hmm. collaborating for that. Like we do that a lot. So it makes sense. Like the, the Drumford thing, because that's a way we collaborate. With mm-hmm. drum sounds like that, like you don't need every plugin that I use, but that one is like there's no, a but- there's a key one that we have to send back and forth a lot. Might as well just it's going to be way easier yeah. if we both have the same kind of thing. Because that's I mean that's why I bought Drumforge in the first place too. It was mm-hmm. on sale at one point, and I'm like, you know what? Malcolm always uses this. I know he uses this, and it would be just easier if he sends me his MIDI and I have the drums already done the way that yeah. he has them, and I can you know start from there. So instead of trying to remap them and I was just like, you know what, this is worth the 99 bucks on sale that I can just get it and it's way easier. So, and that saved me time too, because before then I had to, if I, if I was programming drums, I'd actually have to print out all of the like direct (laughs) and room (laughs) from every source, every single source, and then send them to you as audio files so that then you could mix them together. Cause I wanted them all separate. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you obviously wanted them all separate to mix it properly. And that just made sense. But it took me like hours to do that. You bought one plugin and I just send you one MIDI file, let you know. And if I customize the preset, I just save it and send it to you or just tell you what kit preset I used and you just load it up. You're like, okay, we're in business. I route this the way I, you want to route it. And Bob's your uncle. (laughs) And and it's it, but it's very true. And like, I actually just started working with a client and they use the Howard Benson vocal on tons of stuff and they literally bought it for me. Because they're ah. like, I'm going to use this on everything, so you need to have it. And if, nice. I didn't even—they didn't even let me uh, have a chance to go buy it myself. They just bought it <laughs> for me. But it was like, you know, this is something that's going to make all of our lives easier if you have mm-hmm. this already. And I didn't have it yet, so that's the way it was. Um, that makes so much sense. Yeah, it just, and yeah, same. That's exactly. that's the ideal client right there. Like, oh, oh can client. we just get a standing <laughs> ovation for just client? Oh wow, that is top tier clientele right there. Yes, when they 100%. recognize, like, hey, you need this to do a good job for me, so I'll just supply it for you. <laughs> like, yep. Oh, we're gonna amazing. save hours of me of billing time. I'm gonna save money by buying mm-hmm. you this plugin because you're not gonna have to spend hours trying to redo shit. Replicate in other, it something yeah, else. It, yeah. 
So, you know, talk, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, but, but, uh, going back to the other thing is, is it's so true. You, if you see something a lot and you're learning from somebody such as you were getting all this different advice from me and I'm always using an SSL plugin mm-hmm. at some point you're like, you know what? It'd be easier if I could just figure this out with an SSL. I'm, I'm getting the vibe of it now. Mm-hmm. This is going to save me time because I don't have to try and like figure out what he's doing, but translate it to the plugin I have that's yeah. completely different. At least I'll be halfway there with some SSL channel strip of some kind. This will make more sense. So, you know, in that way, it falls under the category of, is it going to speed up my workflow? Yes, <laughs> yeah. it is, <laughs> you know. So, and not just, you know, and as we've said too, is it speeding up my workflow, not because I'm just using a preset or just like, setting and forgetting or anything like that, but because like it's doing multiple things at once, exactly. you know, because yep. you're going to learn the new plugin, you're going to put in the time and it's going to hone what you're already doing and what you're already knowledgeable about. And again, too, I think you just got to be really honest with yourself, you know, just totally. be honest with yourself and say like, am I getting this new plugin because I'm trying to look for a shortcut or am I getting this new plugin because I've maxed out what i'm already doing or and i'm looking for that next level up or what have you you know just, or inspiration you know or inspiration yeah that's just a, be really that's a valid and, that is a yeah. valid reason i 100 yeah. percent think that that's a valid reason um yeah, as long I as agree. you're not buying like a different ssl channel a week after you buy the first one that's yeah. not a valid reason <laughs> 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 that that doesn't quite work the same way too close yeah. um but yeah i I think, you know, to, to kind of wrap this up and sure. the key points here are, you know, don't just buy it because you're lazy and wanted a different <laughs> set of plugins that has different presets. If you and buy if you new are, plugins, just be honest with yourself. I'm hey, being lazy and I'm I just want to spend my money. Exactly. <laughs> At least be honest about it. <laughs> um, but, but when you buy plugins, the biggest thing that I can say is learn how to use them. Learn mm-hmm how to actually use them. Don't learn how to scroll through the presets. Learn how it actually works. Learn why it does what it does. Yeah, deconstruct presets. That I do all the time. Why are you calling this shimmery acoustic guitar? What is it that Mm. you're doing in this preset that you call it that? Why is this the case? Um, I think that's a, a valid way to learn. And I've talked about that before as well. But Actually diving in and learning how to use the plugins that you buy, one, they'll last longer, and two, you'll be able to use them better. And especially if you're working with any kind of client or collaborator or anything, when somebody says, I need this, you can then actually understand it because you know how to use your plugins. Um, and you're not just trying to find the the plugin preset that says what they just said. Um yeah. Or the or what you're thinking, you're gonna you're going to create better if you understand your plugins because you as the client are going to tell you as the technical, you know, the engineer, what to do, and it's going to go yeah. faster. So you know, um, make sure you're honest with yourself. Make sure there is a reason, and uh, actually learn how to use the plugins you get, and then try mm-hmm. and set up some criteria for yourself, like what we have talked about today, but. Maybe that doesn't fully fit for you, um, but have some kind of thing before you're in the situation of trying to decide if you're going to buy a plugin. Do this before you're in that temptation zone. Uh, <laughs> the so temptation that, zone. <laughs> I like that. Right? Yeah. Um, and and make sure that you have that so that you don't fall into those traps of, oh, this is, this is a good deal. It's going to be, if it's a good deal now, it'll be a good deal again. 
So don't yeah, worry exactly. about it. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. especially nowadays, everybody's going on sale. Just wait for Black Friday. I always wait for Black Friday. If I have something that mm-hmm, I'm on the mm-hmm. fence about, I wait for Black Friday. If it's yeah. not on sale on Black Friday, it ain't going to go on sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and, and again too like it'll come back around if they put yeah. it down to that price once they did it for a reason they'll, they'll do, do it, it again. again like don't yeah don't fall victim to the one last chance to get this it's plug never in for, that for 40 dollars it's like yeah i guarantee it'll come back like don't don't con yourself there yeah just <laughs> yeah just be patient if you can yeah. exactly exactly it's much easier to fall in these traps with mixing plugins with source sound plugins like you say um it falls into the category of, is this going to inspire me? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the whole purpose of it, to inspire this is the whole, pr- yeah. is the whole yeah. purpose. Now, I will say you can fall into the same trap where you buy six uh, CS80s and you don't need them all. Um, <laughs> not saying that I've done that, but just maybe I have. Maybe just I have a cautionary tale for anyone Just listening. a cautionary tale, if you, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there is that you can have too many of some things, but uh, yeah, but it is you're right. It is very different for for source sound type things like synths and drums and those kind of things because they inspire you in a different way than an mm-hmm. EQ might. You're going to get a longer life of inspiration out of an EQ than you do out of a source drum, you know, drum sampler or a synth. Yeah, or orchestra um, or string, you know, whatever. And, and those aren't all created equal. Like you can no. buy a really cheap, like orchestra sound and you can, or you can, you know, use the logic one and you can run out of inspiration or quality sound real fast and need to upgrade to like a high quality contact yeah. orchestra sound like real fast if you want it to sound legit. So yeah, like I think there's a lot more variance there. There's a lot. And, and the, but I will say <laughs> that uh-huh. do not fall into the trap thinking you need something else. If it's not working, try combining mm. it with other mm. effect plugins because mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, you'll be able to find something else. Obviously if you're going for the utmost realism, yeah, you're probably going to need a new library. That's more realistic as technology develops and gets better and sampling gets better and all that kind of stuff. Cause the more modern string libraries are getting better and better at being realistic because they're, they're learning how to do it better. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to find a Mellotron sound and then you're like, Oh, I, I don't know. This one's not working try adding sound toys on it. Try adding a distortion. Just try different things. Don't just stick to the, you know, the, the main thing and actually try thinking outside the box and you'll get even more life out of every single thing that you're trying. (laughs) So, you know, thinking more outside the box will help that as well. Yeah. Stop being such a scientist and be an artist, man. Exactly. (laughs) Great words to end on. (laughs) Chuck, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me and letting me uh, pick your brain and talk about plugins with you. Of course. Always. It's always a good time. Thank you for joining me again. Thank you for uh, everybody for listening. And uh, I hope you got some insight out of this. I hope you got some ideas and I hope you maybe didn't hit buy on that plugin that's in your uh, waves cart right now. Uh, Wait for it to go on sale. Um, (laughs) We all have them. We all have them. It's okay. Thank you for listening, and uh, as always, uh, subscribe if you haven't already on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And don't forget that we are on YouTube now, so go check out the YouTube video for the podcast and go comment. I can actually comment back on the YouTube videos, so I can. that's a thing that you can do, which you can't do on any other podcasting platform. So that is it for this week's episode. Um, I will see you in the next one. Until then, always be creating. (laughs) 